Hello and welcome to the Hashtag Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Schultz, and I'm once again joined by my good friend, Matt Hames. How are you doing tonight, Matt? Good, Jordan. How you doing? You know, not too bad. Just been uh, really enjoying having this playoff basketball on all day, um, getting in my hoops fix, and just uh, doing a little bit of football on the side right now. Uh, what about you? Yeah, same here. Um, just getting everything finished for the fantasy football season, uh, you know, getting a mock draft done and working on some rankings, getting everything done and, uh, you know, uh, watching some basketball here on the side. Everything is uh, going good today. Madden it is. 21 is coming out. I got that downloading on the PlayStation. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be awesome. Check that out. I, about a week head start there. It is. It's nice that we got sports going on again. You know, baseball, basketball. Soon we're going to have some football. Uh, things are finally starting to get a little bit normal again. That's uh, much needed. That's for sure. So what we're going to do today is we're going to do our uh, at least our part one of our dynasty quarterback preview for the season. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to go through my uh, rankings. We'll start at the top and just work our way down. Um, give our thoughts on each player. You know their outlook for dynasty. Quick little touch on redraft uh, strategies with each of these guys and just our general takeaways and. Uh, Get you prepped and ready to kill your drafts at the quarterback position in this draft. Uh, you ready to get going on this, Matt? Yep, never been ready. Never, uh, been, never been more ready. <laughs> never been ready, just the way I like it. <laughs> All right, so here's what we got. Um, at the top of uh, my list, and you know, I would imagine most lists is some combination of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Um, I do have Patrick Mahomes at number one, Lamar Jackson number two. Um, you know, I don't think that's too big of a shock. I think, like I said, you look at most dynasty ranks out there, that's going to be some combination of those two. Um, just, you know, maybe reverse order. Um, for me, what it comes down to is I just think that Patrick Mahomes' game is going to be able to translate uh, longer. Um, I do believe in Lamar Jackson as a passer, as, we, as we've talked about before. Um, but I do believe, you know, that how much he runs, it does leave him susceptible to injuries, whereas Patrick Mahomes um, is more of a more of an in-the-pocket passer, although he is mobile, you know, and obviously he did get injured last year, so he's not, uh, not invincible by any means. But I just think long-term, I think what he does is a lot more sustainable. Um, but, I mean, anyone that has Lamar, number one, I can't really argue too hard. You know, either of these guys, you, you draft them in your dynasty leagues, you're going to be locked in for, you know, the next five to ten years, and you're going to be set. Um, do you have these two in the same order, or uh, how, how does the top of your quarterback rankings those look? uh for dynasty yeah i mean you i mean i think you could make an argument um i mean patrick mahomes is number one for me as well but i think um anybody can make a good argument you want to dynasty wise um with kyler murray deshaun watson and lamar jackson i i feel like in those um those would be my guys that i could probably put at number two i wouldn't just my personal preference i wouldn't put dak there but um Deshaun Watson Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson you could make an argument for all three of those guys in my opinion to be number two uh for redraft leagues are you, same strategy there you have Mahomes over Jackson yeah oh oh yeah 100 percent um kind of like what you said Lamar Jackson and I've talked about him a lot but he could get injured at any time and uh Mahomes I I, I like him uh, uh as the number one quarterback for probably the next few years in redraft dynasty any league really yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, you look around at the weapons he's working with, you know, the newly drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, got Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman on the outside, and then, of course, Travis Kelsey, one of the best receivers in the league, um, lining up in the tight end position. Um, the weapons and are locked, locked him up. And they just locked him up um, to, I think, a four-year deal and did – you probably know this one better than me, and they locked Hill up last year, right, for a couple of years? I believe so, yeah. So they both got both of those yeah. weapons locked up long-term. Um, and that's, you know, kind of one of the – 
not necessarily knocks on Lamar Jackson, but is another reason why I have Mahomes ahead. You know, I prefer that supporting cast over. You know, as big of a Marquise Brown fan as I am, you know, him and Mark Andrews, I would I would take that Chiefs uh, that Chiefs attack over them, even with those running backs they got there in Baltimore. Um, that and the fact that Baltimore is such a more run heavy offense, and I think that that could limit Jackson's passing upside a little bit. Just you know, when we're talking about like these top of the top guys. Um, earlier, you had mentioned Kyler Murray. That's who I would slot in as my number three dynasty quarterback. Um, you look at what he's uh, working with this year. They've uh, really upgraded the cast around him. You know, of course, Kenyon Drake came over midseason last year and really closed out the season strong. Um, Chase Edmonds has been getting a lot of hype out of camp at the running back position. And then, of course, the big trade of the offseason, bringing in DeAndre Hopkins to go with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, even Andy Isabella showed some flashes. Uh, you know, the tight end position, they don't have a ton of weapons there. Max Williams probably at the top of the depth chart. But that receiving core and that running back group is just so juicy. You put him in that Cliffs Kingsbury offense. I'm very, very excited about what Kyler Murray's going to do in year two. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And that's that's kind of why I was hinting that I would um, possibly even put him higher on my list um, than Lamar Jackson just because of the weapons he has around him. I mean, they've got uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who's that offensive guru. That's why they brought him in. They've uh, the weapons that they brought in, uh, Larry Fitz—I mean, Larry Fitzgerald probably only got one more year. Uh, Christian Kirk, but then they went and brought in DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kenyon Drake. I mean, they, they are loaded on offense. The the sky's the limit for Kyler Murray, and that's why I, I would even consider putting him number two if he has a good year. Obviously, we have to see it uh, to believe it first. So we'll see what happens with Kyler Murray, but I I, I like him at number three. Yeah, I think he's a, a good pick there, just that rushing floor. Um, even if, you know, he's a little bit slow to develop as a passer, which I don't think is going to be the case, I think he's going to really take strides as a passer this year. Um, he does have that nice rushing floor that's going to make him a safe fantasy option. You know, last year he turned 93 carries into 544 yards and added four touchdowns on the ground. Um, he's not going to run quite as much as, you know, the Lamar Jacksons, um, but he's more kind of in that Deshaun Watson mold where he's going to get you around probably 70 to 90 carries, four to 500 yards, that four to five touchdowns. Um, anytime you can add that to the quarterback position, for fantasy you, you gotta love being able to have that option i completely agree i i like kyler murray a lot this year he's uh, they are loaded on offense yeah absolutely you know everything should come together for him to be nicely he's a guy that you know is going to be in that 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 top tier with mahomes and jackson for the next you know five to ten years uh moving on past him though um Kind of this is where it gets a little bit muddy for me. Um, I got three guys here that really, depending on your team build, I think are all fairly even. Um, we got Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. Um, all guys that you know contribute a little bit of a running game, give you that extra little bit of floor there. Um, last year, they all had at least three touchdowns and at least 275 rushing yards. Um, I think, you know, if you wanted to put Russell Wilson up at number four and you have a competing team, I think that's fine just because I think they're really going to unleash him more than they ever have this year. Um, for me, I got Dak at four, Deshaun at five. Um, just, you know, you look at what Dak Prescott did last year, just shy of 5,000 yards, uh, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, looking at what Deshaun Watson did, and I think he's going to improve on these numbers this year. He had 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and 3,800 yards, added another 400 on the ground. Um, are these the next three that you would have kind of slotted in here as well, and what order would you have them? Um, I'm actually trying to pull up, I think my list that I had, I'm I'm not finished with it yet, but, um, my top six that I had was Mahomes and I actually had Russell Wilson up at number two, just because I I, I get it. Like he's, he's going to be good this year. Yeah. And he's, and he's just proven it uh, over and over for years and years and years where I could see Lamar Jackson, um, still having a great fantasy year, but I don't think he's going to put up the numbers he did last year. I see a little bit of a regress, but I'm not saying he's going to be terrible either. That's, that's the part where people get confused a little bit by when I say he's going to regress. He had an amazing year last year. 
I mean, like a phenomenal, amazing year. So even a little bit step back is still a great fantasy year. So I like Russell Wilson at two, Lamar Jackson three, um, Kyler Murray four. I had Deshaun Watson five and Dak Prescott six. Um, but really, it's it's those six and pretty much any any uh, rankings I do see. Um, pretty much is those six all the way around. Um, Dak Prescott, I, he's also in a phenomenal spot with that offense with all the weapons that they have. Uh, CD Lamb, Gallup, uh, Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I just kind of want to see how that offense goes. And then Deshaun Watson, um, I have him. I mean, that's a toss-up, though, between him and Dak. It really is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Deshaun Watson, I think, runs it, um, gets, gets a lot of yards rushing, obviously. Um, he had Hopkins the last few years, so now I think he's actually going to be able to spread the ball around a little bit more instead of keying on one guy like he kind of did. In my opinion, he kind of did, which which it worked out for him with, with Hopkins, who wouldn't just key on him. But now he's got Cooks, uh, Will Fuller, uh, Randall Cobb is there. He's going to have to really um, show his ability and spread the ball around, which I think he will. I think he uh, the Texans are going to have a, a pretty good offense, see if David Johnson can uh, – revitalize revitalize his career over in Houston. And I think there's actually a good chance on that too. Maybe not like he was in Arizona, but I don't think he's washed up yet. He's got a golden opportunity in front of him. So, Yeah, I'm kind of glad you mentioned that with Deshaun, like losing uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I was curious how you thought that was going to affect him this year because I, I think what it's going to do is it's going to allow for him to to really have like one of those like Cam Newton rushing type years where you really see him bump that rushing total up closer to like six to seven hundred, seven, eight touchdowns. Um, you know, you look at the two running backs there. You mentioned, you know, David Johnson. He's got Duke Johnson behind him. Neither of them are really bruisers. You almost wonder if he kind of takes that Cam Newton goal line running back role, um, you know, adds, you know, even more to his seven rushing touchdowns that he had last year. Um, I think this could potentially be like one of the two or three best seasons we've seen in Deshaun Watson's career this year. Um, like you mentioned, they have a little bit more of a deep receiving cast, but Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks have both had their issues staying on the field. Um, so I think that they're just going to have to put everything on Deshaun Watson's back and just go as far as he'll take him. Yeah, and it could be a, uh, uh, I keep using the word revitalized, but uh, could be a revitalized year from uh, Randall Cobb here. Um, I believe he had a pretty good year last year, and uh, with Deshaun Watson, could end up being their number one wide receiver this year. I mean, if everybody, um, if Cooks can't stay healthy again. So I guess, yeah, we'll see what happens there, but I do like uh, Deshaun Watson a lot. Yeah, I think he's due for a big year. Um, so like you mentioned, this is kind of the top six in most rankings. Uh, after this is where it really kind of starts to deviate. Um, for me personally, I would kind of have the next two guys in the tier together. Um, I go Josh Allen, number seven, Carson Wentz, number eight. Um, they're pretty close. And uh, the, the main argument that I have for Josh Allen, um, you know, he's nowhere near the passer that Carson Wentz is. But again, it's that rushing floor for fantasy. Um, you look at what he did last year, had 510 rushing yards and nine touchdowns on the ground. And he's one of the few quarterbacks that I think is actually pretty safe for six six to seven rushing touchdowns each year just because he he's a big bruiser. He is kind of that goal line back for them. Like I mentioned, I could see Deshaun Watson being this year. Um, and I think that that rushing floor coupled with the fact that he is going to improve some as a passer this year just gives him a little bit more upside. Um, maybe that's not the right way to put it because Carson Wentz is going to be healthy for 16 games. He definitely has more upside, I would say. Uh, but I'm just I'm not really sold on that. And I think Josh Allen's running is a little bit safer. Um, thoughts on that? And then who are kind of your next few that you have in your ranks? Um, so yeah, no, I like Josh Allen there and I, I would have him over Wentz, um, mainly just because of the offense that they've built in Buffalo for him as well. Um, I don't really like Carson Wentz's, uh, weapons at all other than, uh, Miles Sanders. I mean, I think he'll have a good year this year, but, uh, and Jalen Rager, we need to see what happens with him in the NFL. Obviously he's got a lot of potential, but other than that, I'm not, uh, well, I, and then Zach Ertz. 
um, you know, him and Goddard. But I like uh, Josh Allen's weapons that he has around more. Um, Stefan Diggs, uh, John Brown. Um, what do they got? Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, which I think Zach Cole Moss Beasley is. there is kind of that safety yep. blanket. Yeah, they're building a heck of an offense. They're kind of a um, a power offense for Josh Allen. Uh, they can do a little bit of run run pass there, kind of like what you were mentioning for him to get those rushing yards and those rushing touchdowns, um, especially with Zach Moss in the goal line. That's all he did at Utah. So a lot of run pass options there uh, for Josh Allen to keep it and then get into the end zone. Um, I, I would have Josh Allen ranked um, above Carson Wentz. So I, I like that pick right there. Yeah, I think what um, you mentioned about uh, Stephon Diggs there, sorry to cut you off. Um, you know, you look at what John Brown did last year as kind of that number one receiver there. He had 115 targets, which I think is actually pretty low for what Stephon Diggs is going to demand. I think he's going to get closer to that 130, 140 target mark. Uh, but he turned, you know, that into 72 catches, 1,060 yards and six touchdowns. I think you get Stephon Diggs those same 72 catches. He's going to do a little bit more with it than John Brown even did. Um, so I think that adding this, you know, this real true uh, wide receiver one for Josh Allen is going to be huge for his development this year yep i agree with you 100 and the chip on the shoulder that stefan Diggs is going to have um getting traded out of minnesota um i, ex- I expect a big year out of him and a pretty big step ahead for josh allen so uh, looking at Carson Wentz, you know, you kind of mentioned like their supporting cast and, you know, you look at the wide receivers there, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, they, you know, they're, they're no luck to stay healthy, let alone be healthy for week one at this point. Um, like, it would not shock me if, you know, they walked out there week one with Jalen Rager, JJ Arcega, Whiteside and Quez Watkins as, you know, the top three receivers on the outside. Of course, this offense is going to run through the tight ends and Zacharis and Dallas Goddard, but I just... That, that upside for him is going to be limited until they can get him like a true outside threat to kind of open things up a little bit more. Yeah, I forgot. I can't believe I forgot to mention because I was thinking about him in my head. Alshon Jeffrey, if they could get him healthy, mm-hmm. I mean, then then I, I actually might put them ahead of, or him ahead of Josh Allen because I love Alshon Jeffrey when healthy. But that's the problem. He's never healthy. Literally yeah, he, never. he's the guy when, when, he, when he's healthy, you plug him in your lineup. He's going to be good for, you know, 10, 15 points most weeks. But at any point, he kind of seems like he's a risk to come up limping and then miss some time. You know, Deshaun Jackson the same way. I will say I'm a big fan of Jalen Rager. I had him as my number five wide receiver in the draft. Um, I still would have taken Justin Jefferson for them, and I'm glad that they didn't um, as a Cowboys fan. But I do think Jalen Rager is going to play a nice role this year and would not be shocked if he's the one that leads the team in receiving. Um, it just, you know, that's not necessarily great for fantasy if, you know, a guy that's going to be closer to five, 600 yards, you know, leads the team. Excuse me, leads the receiving group. And it's good. We just kind of meant, even though this is a quarterback driven show this week, um, for anybody listening, you need to take Jalen Rager in your dynasty league. So it'll pay off next year. Yeah, it could even pay off some down the stretch this year. I could see him, you know, having a few games where he, you know, has one catch that he takes all the way to the house or, you know, four or five catches that he turns into 100-plus yards and a score. Yep. Um, so moving on past these two, we are now looking at number nine in my Dynasty quarterback rankings. We got uh, rookie Joe Burrow. Um, you know, this ranking may seem a little bit aggressive to some, um, but I really do think he landed in a pretty good situation. Uh, not many number one picks going to come into a supporting cast like Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Um, you know, even John Ross and Auden Tate showed some flashes down the stretch. So he actually has like a little bit of a supporting cast to work with compared to a lot of guys that get drafted at the top. Um you look at what they were able to do down the stretch. You know, Joe Mixon finally got going to kind of close the season out. I think that they're going to run everything through him this year, but I do think that's going to help open things up for Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think he's going to light the world on fire like he did last year to the point where he's, you know, breaking every single record, but I do think he's going to be up there at the end of this year with the rookie season that rivals, you know, like the Andrew Luck type rookie seasons. Yeah, 
I, uh, I, I like that analysis right there. Um, you pretty much nailed it on the head, to be honest with Joe Burrow. Uh, I, I mean, I want to see it in the NFL. Obviously, he had a phenomenal year in college there, but he couldn't have landed in a better spot with Joe Mixon. Uh, like you said, A.J. Green, uh, Boyd, T. Higgins, who I think after this year is really going to be a good fantasy option as well, especially if A.J. Green moves on after this year. Um, they just play in a pretty tough division, so they'll have six games that are pretty tough. Um, you know, Cleveland's defense has gotten better. There's Pitt and Baltimore. Um, so I think with Joe Burrow, obviously dynasty, the, um, I, I would say probably two to three years, he's going to be phenomenal. Um, he'll be battling Lamar Jackson in the AFC North. Um, and in my opinion, when the Steelers go down a little bit and probably the Browns a little bit too. Um, but yeah, my, my outlook on Joe Burrow is probably, um, you know, draft him and stash him this year. I think he'll, probably lead them to a four and 12, five and 11 record type thing. Um, I think he'll have a little bit of growing pains, but uh, that's just my honest opinion. But long-term the upside is there. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I'm in the midst of doing my projection for the season. I have, I think six teams left to go. So I'm, I'm pretty close to done. Uh, Joe Burrow comes out really good. I'm um, having projected for 3,800 yards, 24 touchdowns with 11 interceptions, adding in another 300 yards on the ground with two rushing scores. He's a little bit underrated as a runner. And I think that's, you know, like we keep mentioning for quarterbacks that run in fantasy, that's a gold mine right there. Um, especially when they have an arm to pair it with like Joe Burrow. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that one there. Uh, moving on to number 10 on the list here, we got a guy that a uh, little bit of a disappointment after last year. That's uh, Baker Mayfield. He had some high expectations going in, didn't quite live up to that after lighting the world on fire as a rookie. Um, Baker Mayfield, man, like, where, where does he come in on your rankings, and what are you expecting from him this year? So I haven't finished my my rankings yet, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just give my analysis. But I, I'm yeah. pretty sure he's going to be lower um on my list than than you have him here um and it's really not because i'm a steelers homer it really isn't but i baker mayfield man i this is a make or break year for him to be completely honest with you like you just said um had high expectations coming into this year um to be honest i don't see i don't know how they didn't compete for a playoff spot last year um i think a team at nine and seven maybe eight and eight got into the that last spot but it it was just a you know a dismal season for the browns there's really no reason they brought obj in they got uh jarvis landry um it this is a make or break year for baker mayfield and he's a hard one to really do projections on because you really don't know what you're going to get you should get good baker mayfield mm-hmm. um with with all the weapons that they have uh obj jarvis landry like i said uh, Nick Chubb, who I think is, you know, a top four, if they didn't have Kareem Hunt, I think would be like a top three to four running back, um, in all of fantasy, but he obviously his goes back a little bit with Hunt. Uh, they brought in Austin Hooper. I mean, their offense is loaded, but their offense was loaded last year and he didn't do anything. So he's a hard one to predict. Yeah, I think a lot of the dysfunction from them last year was just with that head coach and Freddie Kitchens. I think getting him out of there and getting a fresh mind in there is going to help kind of rejuvenate him. I don't know if we're going to see him be as efficient and effective as he was down the stretch as a rookie, but I think we'll see something closer to that than what we saw from him last year. Um, you know, you mentioned bringing in Austin Hooper. Anytime a team can bring in a nice receiving tight end for uh, for quarterback, I like that, um, especially one that's you know as good as Austin Hooper. I've been projected for 700 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Um, very, very nice addition to help take up the middle of the field with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry working around the outside and you know, of course Landry across the slot and all over the field um, I think that they're going to be a little bit more run heavy this year than they have been in the past but I think that's going to help Baker's efficiency I have him finishing this year with 4,200 yards 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions um, so not lighting the world on fire but definitely an improvement on what we saw last year 
Yeah, for me, um, I mean, I don't have a projection on yards and touchdowns there, but for me um, in my fantasy leagues, I'm probably avoiding Baker Mayfield. Um, Even in dynasty leagues, just avoiding him. I'm not stashing him just because um, I do think this is just kind of his last chance this year to, to prove it. I mean, they've already gone, this is their third, his third head coach. Um, you know, how many more GMs they, uh, you see it every day, the GMs in the NFL, they, they don't have, I mean, they, they want to make money. They don't have a lot of time to waste here. And so if he has another kind of bad year, um, I can see them drafting another quarterback next year. And then who knows what happens to Baker after that? I just think a couple other quarterbacks on the list here that we're going to talk about in a minute are safer options than Baker. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. So my advice to that for dynasty owners right there, reach out to the Baker Mayfield owner in your league. See if he kind of has similar feelings. See if you can't maybe buy him at a slight discount. Cause this guy, I do think the upside is there. If everything hits right for him, you know, especially with that supporting cast around him. Um, but mention some of these guys coming up that you think might be a little bit safer. Uh, number 11, I would have him in a tier with my number 12 and that's uh, Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, couldn't be more opposite in terms of where they're at in their careers age wise. Um, Daniel Jones has that nice upside, you know, of course he needs to be able to hold on the ball. He had like, I believe 18 fumbles last year. Um, but, the good that you did see from Daniel Jones and a pretty dysfunctional Giants organization has to leave you feeling pretty optimistic about what he's going to do in year two. Um, last year, he had 3,000 yards, 3,027 yards passing, 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Another guy, underrated runner, kicked in 280 yards rushing with two touchdowns. I think if they can keep Evan Ingram, health, Evan Ingram healthy for 16 games, that's going to go a long ways for Daniel Jones having that kind of safety valve there that's such an explosive receiver in the middle. Um, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones for this year? And I guess kind of we'll loop Aaron Rodgers in there with that too. What are your thoughts for Rodgers this year? And we'll, we'll circle back around to mine. Uh, Daniel Jones. Um, he's actually the one guy, uh, there's another guy a little bit down here on the list, but he's number one that I, I would take over Baker Mayfield. I love the upside of Daniel Jones. And to be honest, I wasn't really high on him coming out of, um, of college. Yeah. I've done a, like a three or I guess it'd be a 180 on him. I've turned completely around on him. <laughs> yeah. I don't think a lot of people were, to be honest. Everyone was kind of like, what in the world when they drafted him? But um, he came in last year, and like you said, he's got that rushing ability, which I, I honestly didn't know that he was capable of uh, running like that until he got into the NFL and started taking off a little bit. So I, I like the rushing ability there, but the weapons also that he has. Obviously, he has Saquon Barkley, um, phenomenal, talented running back. Um, what do they got? Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, like you said, Evan Ingram. They're starting. There is slight in there too, as well. Yep. yep, they're starting to slightly work on that offensive line, which was terrible before Daniel Jones got there. Um, I just think they they're the Giants are fine. They got a new head coach. They hired that special teams coach from the New England Patriots. I apologize, I don't have uh, Joe Judge. Joe Judge, yeah, I didn't have his name. Or you're a Cowboys fan, so you know that. You got you yeah, I've been following these guys close, yeah. Yeah, um, but I I like Daniel Jones, man. I, they've got a lot of talent there, and they're they're it seems like they're slowly building a uh, a winning offense there, and there's no reason he shouldn't. Um, you know, have a great fantasy year with all those weapons. And I think that Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard are, I know this is a quarterback show, but are severely underrated in fantasy football. Those guys are legit. Oh, yeah. PPR leagues, Golden Tate's like one of the best wide wide receiver three dart throws you could throw out there. He's a guy that really could any week go off for like six to ten catches, which in a PPR league, you know, that's that's a free touchdown right there. Yeah, Sterling Shepard needs to work on staying healthy as well. But when he plays, it seems like he's getting 12 or more points a game. It's just staying healthy for him. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the this whole story of the Giants last year. You gotta, you just kind of hope if you're a Giants fan that they're able to avoid that this year. Um, moving on to Aaron Rodgers, um, I think just 
I have a weird taste in my mouth about Aaron Rodgers after this offseason. I figured, you know, going into the draft, like most of us, that they're gonna they're gonna add a few pass catches for him, get him some weapons. You know, they were like one game away from the Super Bowl last year, um, and then you know they turn around and draft Jordan Love, and then next round AJ Dillon, a backup running back, and so it just kind of left my left me scratching my head a little bit and had a worse taste in my mouth about Aaron Rodgers now than I did going into the offseason. Um, what are your thoughts on Rodgers? Yeah, um, he's another one that's kind of hard to get a read on because obviously they drafted Jordan Love and they tra- they traded up to get that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That has Brett Favre all written all over it, even though, you know, Favre was, you know, in his – or coming at the late stages of his career and then all of a sudden it looks like the same type of thing is happening with with uh, Aaron Rodgers they traded up to get his replacement he I'm pretty positive he's not happy about that um you know he wanted more weapons it was widely reported that you know he asked uh, the Packers to go out and get him more weapons then they turn around and draft his replacement so there's some dysfunction going on there um obviously I think he's like I think he's 37 or 38 now Aaron Rodgers yeah, so he's, he's up getting there. up there yeah, he's I mean, he's got all the talent in the world still, but I I could see this being his last year in uh in Green Bay. Obviously, they still have Devontae Adams, they still have Aaron Jones, um AJ Dillon, um they drafted him, so that'll be interesting as well to see what happens with that. Um cuz Aaron Jones had such a great year last year, but it, it, they're just puzzling moves that the Packers made and I I I would stay away from Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, in a dynasty format, I would stay away from him. I just think his his better years are are behind us. Um, and there's a possibility if things were if he was to get injured, because like I said, he's he's getting up there in age, or um, you know they get off to a slow start somehow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Packers pull him for Jordan Love. I I, I feel like the the end is near and the, the writing's on the wall for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, just a lot of weird stuff going on there in Green Bay. I, I would stay far away from Aaron Rodgers personally. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I have him number 12, so I still think he has like a nice steady floor. But yeah, there's definitely some things that are a little troubling. Uh, they already kind of transitioned to a little bit more of a run-heavy offense last year. Um, and while the overall numbers for Aaron Rodgers came out looking pretty good, um, he had a lot of weeks where he would have let you down if you were starting him. You know, he only had four weeks last year that he went above 300 yards. Um, I think... Mean, Hold up here. He had eight, nine, ten weeks where he scored under 20, 20 fantasy points, and this is in a six-point passing touchdown league um, that I'm looking at the numbers for right now. Um, so there is definitely like a, a lot of downside with Aaron Rodgers, especially if the offense continues to trend more run heavy, which you know after investing a second-round pick in AJ Dillon kind of tells me that's what they want to do. Um, I don't think it'll go to the extent of him getting you know benched for Jordan Love this year, but. If, you know, Love shows, you know, big time development, you know, like not like not like Patrick Mahomes, but like similar to that, where like, you know, the team feels comfortable moving on from him. It wouldn't be the craziest thing. You know, there was a little bit of friction uh, between Matt LaFleur and uh, Aaron Rodgers in the offseason last year. And while it seemed, at least to the media, that things are better, you never really know what's going on behind closed doors, especially after after that Packers draft. Like you mentioned, I'm sure Rodgers is fuming. Um, he's a guy that, you know, definitely if you have him on your dynasty, make sure he fits your timeline. Um, you don't want to be rebuilding with Aaron Rodgers as your QB1. Uh, get out from him now and get what you can. Um, but if you are a contending team, I'm fine bringing him in as, you know, kind of like that last piece or as, you know, like my, my second quarterback in a super flex league. Yeah, and even if they – I mean, I, I would say his his uh, his ceiling is probably, what, two years? 
Um, probably after two years, you probably don't want Aaron Rodgers anymore. But let's unless you're just going to let him ride on your bench until you retire, because at that point you're not going to get anything in trades, and you might as well just keep him around as depth. Yeah, I mean, I could see a situation with. Uh, really, what I'm meaning is, I mean, we've seen it before. Uh, maybe him getting injured, and he has had a little bit of an injury history over the last yeah. few years. Um, and then Jordan Love taking his job that way. I don't think that they would fully just randomly bench Aaron Rodgers and give the job to Jordan Love. Do I think he could get injured and Jordan Love wins three, four games in a row and they just don't go back to Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, but if even if that does happen, Aaron Rodgers will start for uh, like kind of like Brady this year. He'll get another job next year in a in a pretty good offense somewhere. So I think he's got you know two years if you want to draft him or keep him on your your uh, dynasty roster. Yep, that sounds about right. Uh, moving on down the list to number 13. Um, I kind of have this guy in a tier by himself, and that's uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I mean, the story on him is, you know, if there wasn't for that hip injury, he'd probably be right up there with Joe Burrow, if not even a little bit ahead of Joe Burrow in the rankings. Um, crazy efficient passer in college. You know, his last year before he got hurt was uh, passing at a 71.4% accurate clip. Um, had 2,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, and three interceptions in nine games. I mean, just like straight up video game numbers. Um, not really going to add too much on the ground. You know, I think that a lot of people have it in their mind that he's a, a guy that likes to get out there and scramble. And he's he's good at extending plays with his legs, but he doesn't really run a lot. Only had 340 total rushing yards over his entire college career. Um, but in terms of being a pocket passer, I mean the dude could be like a better version of a Russell Wilson, really. Um, you know, a little bit less of a runner, but just kind of out of that same mold. And I'm big on him. I think that once he uh, shows that he's fully healthy, and, you know, we may not see him at all, or we may not see him a ton this year, um, but he's a guy that for Dynasty Leagues, I'm buying in now at the current price. I think next year he's going to be shooting up the list compared to, a, like, know where you're drafting him now. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think you hit the nail on the coffin there. Um the next year is really the uh, the year that he's going to um, really produce for you. Draft him this year and stash him kind of on your bench, and maybe a couple weeks you'll be able to play him depending on matchup-wise or, or uh, you know, bye week-wise. Um, I don't really like a lot of the weapons that the Dolphins have, which um, obviously brings down his fantasy value a little bit. Um, what the heck's his name, Jordan? Uh the guy that's supposed to be a breakout star for like the last six years at wide receiver. Devontae Parker. He kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, nah, you know, man, the breakout yeah. coming this year is Preston Williams. That's going to be the guy that's yeah, going to be shooting up draft boards. Yep. I was just saying that, yeah, Devontae Parker, uh, you know, they still got him for like the sixth, seventh year in a row. He's supposed to be, have a breakout year if you listen to anybody, but um, I, I think they need a, at least another wide receiver. Um, I'm not sure about the running backs they have either. They've got Jordan Howard, who hasn't really impressed um, the last few years. They got Matt Breida um, from the 49ers, who who has had his moments. Um, obviously, the, there was just way too many running backs with San Francisco, and there kind of still is. But um, I think they just need a little bit, um, little a couple more weapons. Basically, I like Gaiseki at tight end, but mm-hmm. um, I just think they need a little bit more pieces around to uh, to to start competing, and then for his fantasy numbers to really shoot up. Yeah, the Dolphins were a really, really tough team to go through when I was doing my projections. Um, I ended up doing them with uh, Fitzpatrick starting nine games and then Tua coming in for the last seven starts. Um, If I said that, you know, I'm setting the line at seven starts for Tua this year, are you taking the over or the under on that? Seven starts for Tua? Mm -hmm. I would. I think he'll do more than that. You think Uh, he'll get more than seven? Yeah, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is. And to be honest, uh, it's all a money thing. And, you know, I think he – I think – if I remember reading right, he had like the highest jersey sales out of rookies and everything. Yeah, I could see him winning that job from day one. To be honest with you, 
Yeah, I mean, if he's healthy and he's right, I could see it. The other thing I could see, though, is I think the Dolphins will be improved this year, so I could see them coming out hot, you know, winning two or three in a row, and then kind of letting Fitzpatrick keep the job until they eventually lose, you know, four out of the next six or five out of the next seven. At that point, then I think, you know, once they're, you know, four and four, five and four, you know, kind of there and struggling, that's when I could see them turning it over to the kid. That's classic Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way. Uh, win four or five games in a row, grow his beard out. Looking like Come out, you know, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions through three games, yeah. and in the next two throw eight interceptions. Yeah, it just like crashing down all at once. Yeah, so that's exactly kind of what I'm predicting this year from them. Um, you know, I mentioned the weapons there. Devontae Parker, you know, he had a nice stretch. He closed out the year solid, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical of a guy that took, you know, three and a half, four seasons to kind of get there when he was, you know, first round pick with that pedigree. I, I think Preston Williams is going to surprise people. I think he might have been the wide receiver one last year. You look at the numbers of the first four games last year before he got hurt, and he was the wide receiver one there. Um, it's after he went down when Parker really took off. Um, I do like them adding Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Those are kind of good low-risk, low-priced uh, running back additions to get him a little bit more balanced there. Um, but, again, you're drafting Tua for next year. That's 100%. Right. Uh, moving on down past that, um, I got like a next little mini tier of three quarterbacks, and we got Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, and Matt Stafford in that order. Um, kind of go back and forth between Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford. I've flip-flopped them, like I think, probably 30, 40 times in this whole rankings process, so I just had to group them in a tier together. Um, Jared Goff, you know, they already kind of transitioned to a more pass-heavy offense last year. Um, I think that's going to continue this year. I, I do like Cam Akers. I think Daryl Henderson's a nice little option there, but I think that that offense is going to continue to be more and more pass-heavy. Um, like you said, it's kind of a money thing sometimes, you know, and follow the money where they invested. That's going to be in Jared Goff right now. So I think they're going to really want to see him carry the offense. Um, he does project out pretty favorably this year. He's got some pretty good numbers, I think, that are coming ahead. Um, while I don't think he's ever going to be like kind of a top-five quarterback, he is a guy that I think is going to finish kind of in that 8-14 to 14 range for most of the years in his career. Uh, so if you wait on quarterback, I'm totally fine grabbing Jared Goff as my QB1 in a dynasty league if you choose to load up on other positions first. Yeah, I, I, uh, I like Jared Goff, actually. I think he has a better year this year than, um, than he had last year. There was a couple games where he... Um, you know, didn't have as great of a game as we should have. But, um, you know, they got they got rid of Gurley, um, but they still are loaded on offense. Even without Gurley, even with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, um, I'm predicting Daryl Henderson's probably going to start out the year there. After I have kind of thought it was going to be Cam Akers, I'm kind of flip-flopping on that now. Um, but, yeah, Jerry Groff, I mean, they've got um, Higby, who I think is going to be a breakout tight end. He kind of broke out towards the end of last year. Won a lot of people their fantasy leagues. Actually, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I still think they have a phenomenal offense. I I like Jared Goff. In fact, I'd probably take Jared Goff um, in dynasty, not redraft, but in dynasty before I took Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, I kind of like that take. Uh, that's that's a, that's a good one. I can see it. I mean, especially if you prefer the youth, I don't think that's too crazy. Um, you know, you could probably even really extend that tier from where Aaron Rodgers is at all the way down kind of into like with these guys with Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. They're kind of looking at it now. I'm not sure that there's a big enough gap between Rodgers and Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford that would justify where I have them. So that might be something I go back and readjust at some point. But um, next two guys on the list, you know, Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, they're just you know, old faithful, man, you know exactly what you're going to get out of those guys. You know, they both have a pretty high, uh, pretty high floor. Um, as long as they're going to be healthy, Matt Ryan's in one of the best offenses in terms of pass attempts per game. Matt Stafford was on an absolute freaking tear before he got injured last year. I want to say he was like the quarterback too, before he got injured. Um, you really, really saw him kind of start to hit with everything, you know, Kenny Galladay, um, 
really started really has really started to take off and become that wide receiver one option for him. I'm a big fan of DeAndre Swift, so I think he's going to add a nice layer of uh, balance to their offense this year. Um, how do you rank these two, and uh, what are you expecting from them this year? Um, personally, I was burned by uh, Matt Ryan last year to the point where I actually cut him. Eventually, I I had him in a uh, salary cap dynasty league, and he. He was costing me games, man, like the first like five or six. So I have a bad taste in my mouth for Matt Ryan. And there's there's no reason he shouldn't succeed um, with the weapons that he has. Ridley Jones. Uh, last year they had um, – I know they had Devontae Freeman, but I don't think he obviously did much. I can't – who was their running back? Um, it was – I know he they was, got, He was their main guy, yeah, and he didn't really do a lot. Didn't he get hurt? Oh, well, I know they got – they Edo Smith played for a little bit, yeah. Edo Smith, there you go. Ito Smith, I know he was playing a little bit, um, but now they got Gurley, um, was it Hayden Hurst, I think that's who they got over at tight end. Now, there's to me, there's no reason that Matt Ryan shouldn't have another year, good year. Um, last year, it was obviously a little bit disappointing, and I still don't really know why with all the weapons that they had. Um, but I think I, I'd go Matt Stafford before I do Matt Ryan. I just trust him a little bit more. I like Galladay, um, obviously, and I think Galladay. Um, sky's the limit. I'm not going to put him over Julio or, or Hopkins, but dude, I, I think he could, uh, be a top five wide receiver in the NFL, especially in fantasy. That dude is a freak, man. Uh, I like Galladay a lot. And then, uh, Marvin Jones, like you said, Deandre Swift, uh, if Matthew Stafford stays healthy, I, I like the value there. Yeah, so in my projections, I project everybody for 16 games, you know, assuming everyone stays healthy, which we know never happens. Um, but for 16-game paces, I have Matt Stafford coming out to 345.5 points and Matt Stafford at 344.6. So literally finishing within one point of each other. Um, I think that if you come in with either guy as your quarterback one, you're feeling great. And if they're your quarterback two, then you've, you're set up really nice, especially in the Superflex League. Um, the reason I have Matt Ryan just a little bit ahead of Matt Stafford is I just I like the depth of weapons he has there a little bit more. You mentioned adding Gurley. Um, I think he's still has a little bit left you know even last year like he's not the guy he was before but it's not like you know he's just like a complete scrub out there um calvin ridley i think that he's going to eventually kind of take over as a wide receiver one down the stretch this year and then of course julio jones is one of the best to ever do it um losing austin hooper is going to hurt a little bit but i think hayden hurst will fill in and do you know 80 percent of what austin hooper could do and i don't think you're going to feel that a lot um i just think that, that that passing floor for matt ryan is just a little bit safer so that's why i have him just a little bit ahead but Honestly, like I said, same tier, so I can't really fault anyone that goes Stafford above Ryan too much. Uh, moving on from there, we got number 17 and number 18, Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. I would have these two guys tiered together. Um, of course, you're projecting a lot here with Sam Darnold. He hasn't done a lot uh, so far to give you a ton of confidence going forward, but you look at the fundamentals, you look at the tape, I think some of it's better than what the numbers have shown. Um, and I do think that he is a guy that's going to kind of set the league on fire a little bit this year in the sense of he's going to be a guy that's going from, you know, kind of one of the bottom quarterbacks in the league to a guy that's, you know, a, a fantasy option for your team, especially in those 14, 16 team leagues. Um, it's definitely not the best supporting cast around him, but I do think that his arm has some upside there. Um, what do you think about Sam Darnold this year? I mean, uh, once again, you nailed it. Um, Sam Darnold, I actually... You know, as a as a player, I like him a mm-hmm. lot, to be honest with you. And I liked him at USC, and I think he's actually probably one of the smarter quarterbacks in the league. The, the talent is there, but the Jets, man, they they've got to put some dang talent around that guy. They like, what the hell are they doing? Um, I mean, they went and got Le'Veon. Well, actually, let me back that up. I think they need to first of all get a different coach. I mean, they they get Le'Veon. Yeah, Le'Veon, for sure. Yeah, and they pay him all that money. And I know he was hurt for a little bit, but I mean, then they don't give him the ball, like. Uh, when Le'Veon Bell was with Pitt, I mean, he had the ball 
I, I would say at least 70% of the time, whether it was rushing or, or passing. I mean, but he, I mean, the ball was in his hands. He was making plays. He was making Ben Roethlisberger get a lot of fantasy points. Um, and the Jets, for whatever reason, haven't figured that out. They, I think they went and got uh, Brashad Perriman. It's looking like he might be their number one. And I don't know if I, if I really like that. I liked him in Tampa when he was their number three option, but I'm not really sure I'm confident in Brashad Perriman being the number one. Uh, they still got Robbie Anderson there. Um, I know they drafted that kid. Uh, what was his name, Jordan? I know Den- you're really Denzel Mims. Yep, that's yeah. the guy that I think is going to be their their number one receiver this yeah. year. I think I think Jamison Crowder probably leads the team in catches, but I think Mims leads the team in yards. So they got four. You know, I mean, Denzel Mims probably I think the highest ceiling, obviously, out of those guys. Mm-hmm. And the other three just. I mean, I don't know, I'm not even sure where they're going to place them on their death chart, but they need to get a little bit more weapons for Sam Darnold. I, I still I'm obviously don't want to give up on him at all, but I think he needs to – once his rookie contract's over, he needs to figure out how to get out of New York. Uh, I think he needs a fresh start from the whole Jets organization. Yeah, I think the one good thing the Jets did do this year is they invested a little bit into their offensive line. Like I want to say they went out and signed two or three guys and then spent like a, I want to say a third round draft pick on a new tackle. Um, so they did invest a little bit on the offensive line, which after seeing how my Cowboys kind of rebuilt from the trash we were in like the early 2000s to how we did it, you know, investing in that offense and defensive line, I think that's kind of the right way to do it. Um, you know, speaking to that core, um, you mentioned Robbie Anderson. He's actually gone. He's in Carolina now. So that, that receiving oh, core oh. is even, even worse for him now. As the way they have it listed on the depth chart now is Crowder one, Perriman two, Mims three, where I think it's probably going to be closer to like Crowder one A with Mims one B and then Perriman's kind of there for that deep shot. Um, see how much I pay attention to the Jets. <laughs> I mean, for fantasy, there's <laughs> there's not a lot there. They're one of the teams that when I did my projections, just nobody really came out super well this year. Um, Chris Herndon, a little bit of a sleeper at tight end. I think he's a guy that kind of sneak in towards the back end of the top 12 there, and you don't have to pay that type of price to get him. So I think for, for those looking for a later tight end, Chris Herndon, Herndon is a nice option. You know, he started the year last year, I want to say suspended um, for uh, steroid or PEDs, and then immediately got injured when he came back. So he just never really got on track last year. Um, but I think, you know, if he can stay healthy and start the year off good, I think that he could be a nice receiver option there but yeah Darnold's another one of those guys you're you're paying the, the discounted price now in terms of and hopes that in a year or two you know that 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 capital you've invested with him is looking good and he's uh, skyrocketed in uh, his value um, the next guy on the list, number eighteen, Cam Newton. As long as he doesn't get mono for six games. See, that's the thing with that's the thing with Darnold is like he's just kind of had some weird stuff. Like it's just been a really really weird start to his career. So I'm I'm still buying it. I, I believe in him as well. Yeah, I like him. Um, number eighteen, we got Cam Newton. Um, a little bit shocking that he took so long to get signed, but I think in a normal year where there wasn't COVID and he could actually go in and you know do a physical for teams a little bit easier and work out for teams, I don't think he probably would have lasted as long. Um, landed in a great spot to kind of rejuvenate his fantasy career. You know, there's probably not a coach better in any sport at getting his guys and putting them in the best position to be successful as he does with Bill Belichick. Um, you know, the biggest knock against him right now is, you know, like who the hell is he going to throw the ball to? Like, I guess Julian Edelman. Um, although, like, his his traditional passing style hasn't really meshed with a guy like that, whereas, like, a Tom Brady is a guy that likes to sit around the middle and hit him. Um, I'm just – I'm not as sure that uh, – this supporting cast is going to be there for Cam Newton. But for fantasy, that's good because I think that means they're going to use him a lot as a running back. I'm um, looking at that running back depth chart. You know, James White, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkett, and Damian Harris. It would not shock me to see Cam Newton lead the team in rushing touchdowns as well, which as we keep touching on is what you want for fantasy. Um, Cam Newton, that rink at 18, it could look a little bit low. I mean, we know when he plays 16 games, he's pretty much a guaranteed top five quarterback. Um, just what are you expecting from Cam? Can he stay healthy? Can he be productive when he is healthy? Um, you know, is he even going to beat out Jared Stidham? Wow, what do you think? Yeah, that's that last thing you just asked me was the biggest part. Um, 
to me it was it was very odd that they even signed him. Uh, I mean, the fit makes sense, but everybody said all, all these beat writers and everything said how much the Patriots love Stidham, um, Jared Stidham, that um, I was shocked that they signed Cam. And I'm not so sure that Cam's going to play the full year, even if he is healthy. I mean, do the Patriots, and Cam's a little bit older. I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan level, but he's a little bit older. Um, you would think that the Patriots want to see what they have in Stidham. Um, so I'm a little bit worried in that. Um, if Cam does play, like you said, um, he's going to take the majority of the uh, rushing touchdowns, kind of the frustrating part that, um, I mean, if you draft Cam, then you'll love it. But it was kind of the same thing when he was in Carolina, when everybody was pissed off and frustrated. Um, they wanted McCaffrey to get all those touchdowns and Cam, you know, took the took the quarterback handoff for himself all the time and, and you know, made everybody mad that had Christian McCaffrey. Um, I expect that to happen again, 100%. Cam's not going to hand that ball off uh, <laughs> when he's in shotgun. He's going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns, but very uh, questionable um what's going on there between Cam Newton and Jared Stidman. I seen Bill Belichick the other day, but you never really can um, listen to anything he says to be, I mean, I know he's a genius, so I'm not, not meaning it like but that. But he's a genius um, because he doesn't like ever show his cards. Exactly like what you're saying. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he was saying that they might even run a two quarterback system, which is not really um, something you see very often at all in the, in the NFL. You see it in college, but definitely not really the NFL. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm proceeding with caution in Cam Newton. If he plays, I think the, uh, you know, the fantasy stock is up basically because of the rushing yards. Um, but definitely question marks. Um, I don't know if he plays the whole year, to be honest with you, but I don't, it, it's very weird. I'm, I'm still kind of baffled that they signed him after they got rid of Brady and, and you'd think they want to rebuild to try to get Trevor Lawrence. So to me, even signing him was um, a little bit odd. Yeah, I think it just goes to show you that Bill Belichick just doesn't really know how to how to how to rebuild. That like he's going to do whatever he can to try and be competitive as much as he can. Um, right, you know, right, right. It, it's yeah, it's it's either go with Stidham, and if he's good, then he's good. You're great. You're you're good for the next few years. If you suck, you get you. Bill Belichick retires. Josh McDaniels gets Trevor Lawrence, and you and you move on. But so it's uh, it's weird. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, as far as like the rest of the team, I don't know if there's really anybody I want on my team for fantasy. Like I think Cam Newton's probably the only one. If he wins a starting job, that'll be worth rostering. You know, your stand your twelve team leagues. Um, not a uh, lot else out there. If Cam, that's the big if though. If Cam Newton wins the job, so it, mm-hmm. I mean you're really playing with fire there. I do like James White out of that running back group. I like James White a lot. If Cam Newton. Uh, wins the starting job for all his dump off passes out yeah. of the backfield that he used to do with Christian McCaffrey. That's James White all over it. But that's only if Cam uh, wins that job, which obviously when you're drafting, you don't know if he's won the job yet. So it's proceed with caution there. Yeah, and I guess I should preface that by saying Nikhil Harry, he's a dynasty stash I like. Not a guy I'm expecting a ton out of this year, um, but a guy I do like for dynasty purposes. But, I mean, I just don't know. I feel like, you know, kind of last last week we talked about, like, the Buccaneers uh, situation. It's just for running backs there. I'm just – at their current prices, I'm kind of avoiding all of them, and I feel like the, the Patriots are kind of the same way. I just – I'm probably not going to own a Patriots running back this year. Um, and that's I'm kind of a nice – oh, go ahead. I'm still I'm – still... I, it, it, just like you said, I'm not going to own a, I mean, if I can get James White, if, if I can get an announcement, Cam Newton's won the position, then maybe I'll take James White late. Uh, I mean, maybe not late, but middle rounds, uh, mm-hmm. just if, if he's best player available, but uh, kind of like what you just said, there's so many running backs here. There's Damian Harris, who's getting a ton 
of uh, hype coming into the the season there. They've got Sony Michelle, who has shown flashes before when Brady was there of being a good back. Um, but Belichick, you just never know who he's going to play. He might play Rex Burkhead and give him freaking 25 carries uh, in week four. You never know what they're going to do there. It's been like that for years. Yep, and I expect that to continue. Um, speaking of a guy I'm very familiar with that, uh, must have been the guy at number 19 in my ranks, and that is Tom Brady. I have him tiered in with Drew Brees at number 20. These are going to be the last two guys we'll talk about today. Um, a couple of oldies but steady guys for contending teams. Um, you know, If you're a team that's competing for a championship, you could probably move these guys up closer to you know, 12, 13 up there near Aaron Rodgers in terms of ranking. Um, but I do think that you really have to factor in their age. You know, If you're not a, a team that's in competing for a playoff spot and a title right now, like there's really no reason for either of these guys to be on your roster. Um, first off, um, who do you prefer of these two for this year, um, and who do you think is the better play for Dynasty? Uh, that is a hell of a question, um, because they're both, I think, going to have phenomenal years. Brady has so many. I mean, this is, is this good to say that this might be the best, uh, well, I mean, maybe 07 when they had Randy Moss and... De- this this team is too, deeper, like on paper at least, it's deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe nobody is as good as as Moss was and as good as Gronk was, but de- like you just said, yeah, deep uh, uh, talent wise. I mean, they're loaded. I don't know how anybody's gonna unless Tom Brady really regresses. I don't know how anybody's gonna stop this offense. To be honest, with oh you. shit! I mean, I mean they, if Jameis could go for five thousand yards in this offense, I can only imagine what Tom Brady's gonna do. Like I, he may not throw for more yards than that, but it's gonna be way more efficient. Yeah, 5, it's gonna be freaking and, effective. <laughs> 5,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, what, 30 intercept Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's – but it uh, – I guess I'd probably go Brady above Breeds just for this yeah. year. But, I mean, only because he's in the offense that he's in. If he was still in New England, I'd say heck no. But, um, yeah, I like um, Brady in – I think he's got two years left for Dynasty. And, honestly, I'd probably give the same to Drew Brees. He's getting up there in age as well. Um, the only reason I'm really giving Brady the edge over Breeze is because of the offense he's in. As much as I like my, um, Michael Thomas and uh, Alvin Kamara, um, even though Alvin Kamara, he it said he was um, – it just came out recently, actually, that he was pretty much injured all oh, last year. Yeah. yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because I actually had him in my, my main fantasy league that I play in, and I was really frustrated. I, I actually ended up winning the – the championship in that one, but he was a big part of it because all of a sudden the fantasy playoffs started and he started finally going off. I don't think he scored a touchdown all year uh, or maybe one until the fantasy playoffs. And then all of a sudden he started going off. Like we know Alvin Kamara can, and maybe he just finally was healthy at that point. But um, even though I like those two, I just like the weapons that Brady has more Mike Evans, Godwin Gronk. And by the way, a lot of people are like mocking Gronk on social media and, and that type of thing, dude, I think you're going to get like a legit Gronk, maybe not 100% what he was uh, right before he retired. But I mean, it was just a couple of years ago when new England played Denver and I think Denver beat him, but Gronk was all over the field. I think there was a fourth and 10. He made an over the, over his shoulder catch dude i'm expecting like an 80 percent out of 100 gronk and i think he's gonna turn it up just at least for this year a, a lot of people are mocking gronk i think he's gonna be phenomenal dude especially in that offense i know we're it's a quarterback show but i i'm just saying i wouldn't be shy of drafting gronk for this year and redraft either um, i just think everybody in that offense is gonna have a hell of a year yeah, that's interesting. We might have to close the show on a disagreement there. I'm I'm not as big on Gronk. Like where he's going in drafts, I want no part of it. Um, like I do think that you could maybe get you know 80, 85 percent of the the Gronk that you saw before, but I think it's going to be in like 
probably like 40 to 50% less snaps. So I just don't know if there's going to be enough volume for him to be there. You know, it, you know, tight end position is weak. So he could very easily, you know, get half the snaps he used to and still be like, you know, tight end 10, tight end 11 at the end of the year. Um, just where he's being drafted, there's a lot of guys going after him that I'd prefer over where he's going. Uh, I think, you know, OJ Howard might even be like a, a safe gamble if you're going to pick one of those two and you bring in ADPs. Um, Cameron Bray even is going to take some of that away. So I just, I don't know that, you know, where he's going in drafts, I'm willing to pay that price, but I do see what you're saying. Like, I think that talent-wise, Brady, these years off are going to help kind of rejuvenate him a little bit. But Brady, that that's my thing, though. Brady trusts Gronk. And they've you've already seen it in – there's been some highlights in training camp. He's been throwing it to Gronk in the end zone, uh, you know, getting some touchdowns there. Um, I I think the trust factor is there. Obviously, in, in my big grand scheme of collusion, I'm pretty positive. Like, I would be betting Vegas money that – that Brady and Gronk planned their way out of New England probably two years ago that Gronk played it, you know, planned this whole big scheme with Brady. And obviously it worked, but I mean, they're training together in the off season. I just feel like the trust factors there that he will look for Gronk from previous years. And um, so maybe not dynasty wise, but if this is a redraft or if, or if you're trying to win a championship and you're just missing a, a tight end, I, I wouldn't be afraid to take Gronk. I think he's going to have a good year. No, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. I just, man, there's just so many other weapons there. I just, I just don't see that. I think anyone that's paying the prices that you're paying for Gronk now, you're going to be disappointed in the dynasty league, especially like, no, thank you at all. Oh yeah. I, there's a lot of tight ends I prefer over him in a dynasty league. Um, finally, the last guy we're going to talk about today is Drew Brees. I mean, obviously, you know, got injured last year and missed a few games. So his numbers are a little bit lower than they usually are. Um, but he's a guy that still is just going to be a steady guy. that's going to compete for, you know, top 10 quarterback finish. Um, like you mentioned, he should have a healthier Alvin Kamara this year. Um, Michael Thomas, you know, adding Emmanuel Sanders, I think that's going to be a nice addition for them there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get Taysom Hill involved a little bit more as a, as a pass catcher and a running back this year. Um, but again, not the supporting cast that Brady has, but still a pretty solid cast for a competing team if you need a quarterback and you want to wait on one. Um, again, though, make sure he fits your timeline if you're a rebuilding team. No reason he should be on your roster. Um, you know, they've got Jameis Winston there, so they kind of already potentially may have their, their future plan. They keep talking about Taysom Hill is going to be the guy after Drew Brees, and I just... I just don't see that. I, I see Jameis Winston kind of being the guy they're bringing in for a year to see if he's going to be that guy that's uh, the guy that takes over after. Um, but for this year and probably the year after this, man, Drew Brees lock and loaded. He's going to be a nice uh, back end quarterback one that you can get at you know quarterback two, quarterback three pricing in drafts and trades. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like Drew Brees this year as well. Um, to be honest, I'd probably have Drew Brees. <laughs> I know we talked about it a lot, probably even ahead of Aaron Rodgers. To be honest with you, I still like. Uh, I like his upside in probably for another eh, at least two years in redraft, definitely. Um, I've seen a lot of leagues, actually, like a lot, more than one, probably at least three or four that I've played in in years past. It's like whoever drafts Drew Brees um, actually ends up like either winning or in the fantasy championship. Like he's just so consistent, man, and puts up all those uh, pretty good numbers in uh, fantasy football. I, I like Drew Brees, too. It's, it's, it's just hard between him and Brady this year in the offense that they're in. I would agree. I think that should wrap us up for the quarterback preview here. So just a, a quick retouch here going one through 20 here. We've got number one in my rankings, Patrick Mahomes, number two, Lamar Jackson, three, Kyler Murray, four, Dak Prescott, five, Sean Watson, six, Russell Wilson, seven, Josh Allen, eight, Carson Wentz. At nine, we got Joe Burrow. 
10 is Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones at 11, Aaron Rodgers at 12, Tua Tagovailoa at 13, Jared Goff at 14, Matt Ryan 15, Matt Stafford 16, Sam Darnold 17, Cam Newton 18, Tom Brady at 19, then wrapping up the top 20 is Drew Brees. Um, Matt, I appreciate you stopping by to do this with uh, do this with me again. Hopefully I can get you penciled in for part two of this here pretty quick. Um, yep. Tell us what other work you got going on and where they can find you. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on putting this website together right now, actually, that'll have, um, you know, rankings, uh, weekly rankings, who I like, who I don't like, kind of like the ESPN uh, version of, you know, love, hate, except a better version, not not the crap that Matthew Berry puts out there, but uh, you know, a little <laughs> bit of shade there, but, um, you know, not just pick the players that are all stars every week. Um but yeah, uh, you can find me at real underscore Matt underscore H. Um, I've got another Twitter on there. It's at Fantasy Bro Pod. I do a weekly um, podcast. Jordan joined me on there last week for probably our best show that we had yet. A little bit longer, but probably our, our most in-depth one that we did. Um, so everybody check that out. Um, and yeah, that's about all the all the work I have going on right now. Nice. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to stop by. Um, everyone, for me, stuff we got coming up here, uh, my full set of Dynasty ranks um, that includes the top 150 overall. Um, we got rookie ranks, positional ranks, and then IDP ranks will be coming out. Um, I know I keep saying it anytime now, but it really is going to be literally just anytime. We're just kind of wrapping up everything, uh, getting the final touches on there. Um, I mentioned before, I'm going to be doing season-long uh, projections as well as weekly projections this year. So now you're trying to set those lineups this year. Make sure to come check us out at Hashtag Football to see who's going to be doing what each week to help you win your leagues. Um, you can find me on Twitter at DinoNFL. Um, reach out to me anytime for any questions, any trade advice you need on there. Uh, make sure to give Matt a follow and check out his podcast and subscribe to that as well. Um, if you're here, um, leave us a review. Let us know what you like or dislike about it. Um, and yeah, that's about it for tonight, Matt. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime, Jordan, I'd be happy to be here. Awesome. We'll definitely do this again soon.